Yo, everybody, welcome to Sunday Service, a podcast all about real estate and real deals that we've been doing. Today, we're going to be talking about Burr strategy. And as you Burr. know that uh, we hate the Burr strategy, but we ironically use it frequently. So we're going to be talking about it. Cody's been really doing a phenomenal job inside of our business, taking deals that we've purchased with Creative Finance and converting them into bird deals. Um, and the reason being is we have some balloons on some of them. And I think one of them is just kind of a funky deal in the first place. We have a lot of cash tied up in it. Mm -hmm. um, so today we're going to be talking about when do we use the burr and how can it actually serve you in your business. And I think we should probably start off talking about why we think burr sucks um, or why it's challenging. And um, I'll start. We'll take turns. Okay, I'm going to give one. Yeah, yeah. You give one reason. Okay. All right. I would say the number one reason why I don't love the burr is because everybody talks about it like it's a beginner strategy when it really is not a beginner strategy whatsoever. It is so challenging and the requirements are so um, intense that if I'm brand new, Right, Cody, I'm sure you get DMs all the time like, how do I get started in real estate? And um, there's so many people teaching the Burr strategy as if it's a beginner strategy. And I think that's my biggest qualm, my biggest issue with Burr. What about you? I would say the just the amount of time it takes to do one of those deals, especially if you don't have a team, how time intensive that becomes for you, just doing one without a team. That is a great point. And then, um, you know, even you at your ninja status, it's like you're spending so much time and energy doing things that you're just like, really, really? And I would say the lender that we're currently using is like a Jedi master lender. He's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And I think he's finally a lender that actually um, can actually get the job done. Did we just finish a Burr refinance like recently? Uh, we have a package that we, we bundled we have six houses that we're refinancing right now. So essentially, yes. Okay. So why don't we start off by telling people that don't know what the burst strategy is? Why don't we tell them what the burst strategy is? Yeah. So, so simply guys, what the burst strategy is, is it's where you go and purchase a property, you buy it, then you go and rehab that property. Once you finish the rehab, what you're going to do is then rent the property. And once you have it rented, then you're going to go and refinance that debt because typically, well, let me finish it off, refinance the debt. Then the last step is repeat. So buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. That is essentially what that Burr method looks like. And just really fast on why, why is this a, you know, suggested path for people to follow. Well, the Burr strategy, essentially, here's, here is the positive that the real estate world gives for the Burr strategy, which I do agree with, um, is when you buy a property for a discount, like you were going to fix and flip it, you go in, you renovate it, you fix the roof, you fix the hot water heater, you fix the AC, you fix the plumbing, the electrical, all of the things that, you know, become nuisances and things that you have to fix frequently when you have just a regular rental without doing those things, it reduces your expense that you're going to spend on fixing the property when it's a rental. And then you're going to refinance it. And in that refinance stage, you should be able to have not a lot of money into that deal where you should have very little or you should be able to recapture all of the money you put into it by refinancing the property. So that's essentially, uh, you know, one of the biggest arguments for why Burr is great. But like I saw Randy was mentioning here too, it's not a beginner strategy. That's really it. And Daniel had a good point. It's a fix and flip that you refi instead of sell. Yes, basically it's a fix and flip, then you rent it, then you refinance it. I really do like that description, actually. It's a fix and flip that you refinance instead of selling. Yeah. Um, so here's like people talk about Burr going back to one of the reasons I don't like it. My reason was it's not a beginner strategy, even though people talk about it as if it is your reason you don't like the Burr strategy. And we're going to jump into all the reasons we do like it. 
Okay, so stay tuned. We will talk about the reasons we do like it. But Cody's reason was it takes up a tremendous amount of time and resources for one deal. Whereas like, here's, here's what's funny. Hold on a second. We closed on four creative finance deals last Friday, four in one day. And the amount of time and energy that these four deals took right here are prob these four deals um, are probably one tenth the amount of work as one bird deal. So I would say the amount of work that goes into one bird deal is 40 times greater, literally 40 times greater than one creative finance deal. Okay. The time that's needed, the resources that are needed. Um, and we're going to jump into like, what are the resources right now? Let's talk about that. If I'm a beginner, what do I have to plan on needing to do the burst strategy? Just jump into that for just a second. I would say the first one would be, I need to have, I need to actually have cash, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's so many things. I mean, for the bird to work, you need cash. You and need the, big, the next C, which is credit. You need credentials. Yep. Credentials, AKA 1099, uh, you know, W2, 1099 sucks. It's just a harder way to get it done. But W2. You could do 1099 if you had two years of it. Yes. And hope and hope that that works out. And pray, right? <laughs> so you need cash. Okay, cool. You mm -hmm. could use a private lender here. So I'll give them that. Mm -hmm. Credit. There's, dude, there's no way around not no getting around that. here. Right. Yeah. If you don't have great credit, what would you say is the minimum credit score that you need here? So the minimum credit score um, with the lender that we use for these, is, it's 680. 680 is the minimum that they will even have a conversation. But that's, that's you know, when, when we look at that, it's this lender requires 680. I mean, some of the, some of the lenders, it's like you need 680 plus you need to show them the last two years of deals that you've done or last year. This, of deals that's that you've exactly done. it guys. Credit is not just your score. Credit yeah. is right here. It's your credit is your credibility. Our lender, which is a really good lender. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, it's the only lender that we found and Cody found this lender. So thank you, Cody. Um, it's the only lender I found that actually says he's going to do something and does it. Everybody else we ever talked to, it's the same story. Yeah, we can do this. We can do that. We can, uh, you know, create a loan where you have this or that or whatever. And it always is a dupe, a, a snoop and dupe. Okay. They, they make you start snooping around and then they dupe you right at the last second. They go, Oh, sorry, our rates changed or our down payment requirements changed or, Oh, sorry, I forgot. We don't lend on these types of homes. And you're like, dude, I've been literally working with you for months. Do you remember the freaking lemon house? That first lender we were going through that, mm -hmm. like it was, they were like, Oh yeah, we're going to close. We're going to close. And then all of a sudden they come back and I can't remember what it was that they changed their mind on something so stupid. And then they also were like, yeah, we can get it for 20% down or 80% uh, loan to value. And we'll go through what that means for people that don't even know what that means. And then they came back and they're like, oh, sorry, it needs to be 35% loan to value. Okay. So that's my other reason why I don't love it is that not only do you need cash, okay, the cash that you have, a lot of times people will say, oh, well, if you do the Burr strategy, okay, you can, when you refinance, you get 100% of your money back. <laughs> no way is that happening. Okay. It does happen on deals that we've owned for a long time and they've appreciated, yeah. but for the most part, we're, we still have money tied up in these deals, right, Cody? Yeah. I mean, typically what I'm seeing on the ones that we're, we're putting together, we're still going to end up having, you know, around 20 to $30,000 tied up in, in some of those. I mean, we have the one Coolidge property that when we refinance that one, I mean, we'll get cash out, but that's a special case because of how big of a renovation and how, you know, we've had that under contract for two years, but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. There you go. So Burr, here's the challenge is that Burr, they, people talk about it as if it's a beginner strategy. We are, we already know this is not a beginner strategy. Okay. Cause, because beginners typically don't have resources. They don't have cash. They don't have credit. They typically don't have a W2 income, right? These people are, you know, starting their journey in real estate full time. 
Um, and then what happens is that your cash, they teach that your cash out, you get all your cash back. You get all your money back and then you can go do it again. Guys, that is not what is going on in Burr. I would say one out of 20 deals gets all their money back. Would you say that's about an appropriate um, ratio? Yeah. I mean, uh, unless you're getting them just stupid, stupidly deep discounted, like literally under 50% of value and they're not massive renovations, then sure, you're going to get more of those out. But it's just few and far between on that. So what I put Abdul up here on the screen. He says, I love creative finance, but it's so much harder to find deals, especially in this market. I find bird deals all the time. Okay. Um, yeah, because you can just go on the MLS, right? If you have cash, you can go do a bird deal all day, all day long, right? Hi, hi, El. Good to see you. <laughs> hi. <laughs> um, so you can go do, here's the thing. I completely disagree with this. Because Cody and I have an acquisition business, I feel like creative finance is the easiest deal to find. They're the easiest, absolutely the easiest. All you have to know is creative finance and you can go to every wholesaler in the entire country and go, give me your dead leads. That's it, give me your dead leads. You buy deals subject to, buy deals seller finance. I mean, this one lady has sold us, I don't even know how many houses, she still has so many houses left. We've got a $5 million package of homes right now we're working that we're getting all on seller finance. The deals are everywhere. And here's the thing is I consider a deal something that you can make money on and you can, that a beginner can do. A deal doesn't just mean I bought a house. In my opinion, Burr is really challenging because if I want to go buy a house, let's say is worth $200,000, and I go on the MLS or somebody sends me a deal, they're not sending you a deal. Let's be very clear of what a deal is. A deal is something that's profitable and easy to do. That's a deal. Like I feel like I got a deal, right? I got a deal. If I go into the grocery store and I see a loaf of bread at $4 for a loaf, and I see the same loaf in another grocery store for $2, that's a deal. The $2 loaf of bread is a deal. The other $4 loaf of bread is retail. It's not, unless somebody's going to give it to me on terms, that $4 loaf of bread is not a deal. It's full retail. And so when I talk to people about Burr, they're going in and sinking in 25 and 30% down payments in these stupid things. And they're getting all their money tied up on things that are not great deals. They're low returns. So really the only way that Cody and I are um, doing Burr deals is because we are direct to seller. Okay, here's the thing, Samuel, Sam, oh, I love this. This is so good. Sam, Samuel says, you don't have to be a pro negotiator to Burr. That's a key point. That is a key point. I think Burr is a lazy man strategy. Does it work? Yes, it absolutely works. Case in point, Cody's going to go through a couple of deals that we've got, but it is a lazy man strategy. I don't have to go negotiate. I don't have to work out terms. I just go to a real estate agent and I pay whatever they're asking and I go get some lender that's going to require 35% down payment. And now I've got a four and a half or a five and a half percent interest rate loan. Guys, Burr is not an easy strategy. And when people are jumping into real estate, Burr is not, here's what's really interesting, okay? I have, you remember uh, two weeks ago, I posted on Instagram and I said, who wants to come and spend a day driving mine and Cody's fix and flips? And I had three people come out, right? Yep. So I had three people come out and there was a married couple that came out as well. I didn't really talk to about them on um, social media much. I ended up talking talking to about Justin a lot. Um but the married couple, they were, we were driving around, spending a lot of time talking and they go, yeah, you know, we're, we're running out of capital. We're running out of money. And, um, you know, we joined this mentorship that's kind of pricey and it teaches Burr. And I'm like, wait, you're running out of cash and you decided to join a mentorship about Burr? How is that going to solve your cash situation? In fact, Burr is the exact opposite of a cash infusion into your business. Burr is a cash requirement. Burr is like a succubus on the cash situation in your business. 
We don't go and do Burr thinking we're going to get cash out. Okay. That is not what happens. Okay. So for us, if you're going to go do a bird deal, plan on spending money. You're not going to get a cash infusion in your business. Wholesaling cash deals, wholesaling creative finance, wholesaling real estate is the way to get money into your business today. Okay. Burr is a long-term strategy that requires cash, credit, and credentials. It is not a beginner strategy. So with all this crap talk that we have about Burr, right? It's not that I'm, I'm talking bad about Burr. It's that the misconception that Burr is a beginner strategy is needs to be a, like annihilated. I would scream from the rooftops that Burr is like such an amazing strategy. But what frustrates me is when people talk about it as a beginner strategy is where I get heated. And I watch people go join mentorships that are 10, 15, $25,000 to join a mentorship thinking they're getting started in real estate. Burr is not a beginner strategy. Burr is for two people. It is people that have been in real estate for a while that have a cash machine like Cody and I, and it's for people who have a W-2 income that go, I don't really want to run an, a real estate operation. I just want to invest um, in real estate one or two houses a year and do that for 20 years to the point where I have 40 or 50 properties and I can then retire. It is not a way to get started in real estate. Okay. So Cody, why would we use Burr? Like when in our world, which I feel like we use Burr properly, when are the times we should use the Burr strategy? Yeah. I mean, for us, um, I mean, more of the kind of re refinance strategy just in general, where you'd mentioned at the beginning, um, we have a few deals that we bought on creative finance, either subject to or seller carries that had balloons on them that are, you know, either five year, seven year, uh, or 10 year balloons that, you know, at the current rate in the terms they, they work as that deal, but because the properties have appreciated, why would we not want to refinance those into 30 year debt where we can get you know, cash out of those deals and it would still cash flow. And we prevent ourselves from being in a deal that has a balloon on it that we're going to have to, you know, kick the can down the road and eventually figure out anyways. So that's one of the, the ways. Um, so Addison is mentioning, I thought you guys use the SIR method. So that's essentially what, what we're doing. Um, the other, the other thing is we have, um, at, you know, we're in court, we're going into quarter four guys, the end of the year. And at this time of the year, Pace and I are always looking at what is our tax liability. So we have properties that we're fix and flipping right now, you know, about a dozen properties that we're fix and flipping. And we're looking at, oh crap, our taxes are going to be a lot higher, you know, than we expected them to be at this point in the year based on the other properties that we acquired. So what we're looking at is instead of opting to make the money on the fix and flip, we're converting those into being essentially burr deals where we flip them like we were going to resell them, but now we're just getting tenants in place and then refinancing into long-term debt so we can get the write-off and the depreciation uh, on those properties. I like that. Um, by the way, Damien says, how do you have money stuck if you use 100% OPM? So here's the challenge, Damien. It's not that we think that the burr is wrong or bad. It's that the way that people pitch Burr, rem please write this down, everybody. The reason I don't like Burr is because of the way that people educate about it. They act as if you can get all of your money back. Okay, well, all of your money, in my, my opinion, is that it's also my private lender's money, right? I'm being told that I can ref when I refinance, I get 100% of my money out, and I can take that same amount of money, and I can allocate it to the next deal. But what you're indicating, Damien, is exactly our experience, is that you always have some money stuck in the deal. Whether it's your money or a private lender's money, guess what it is? It's ammunition that I could use for another deal. So that money is stuck in a deal that I don't want stuck there. If I'm being told by Burr gurus that I should be able to get all of my money out, I, what I'm hearing is that all of my money, not, Hey, you can get your personal money out, but your private investors money needs to stay in there. Say that, say that for heaven's sakes, 
the, the challenging thing is I see people joining mentorships with Burr that are spending $10,000, $25,000 thinking that they can get all their money out on deals. In order to get all of your money out of a Burr deal, I think you've got to buy it about 50 cents on the dollar. Is that about the appropriate uh, number, Cody, would you say? Yeah, give or take, depending on how much renovation it's going to need and some, you know, some things like that. But yeah, you, you got to buy them deeper if you want. When to was the last money. time anybody bought a deal 50 cents on the dollar? Have we, we've bought a couple of, I think Coolidge, we bought 50 cents on the dollar because we sat on it for two years. Yeah. And at the time we bought it at 75 cents on the dollar, but we were in yeah. a lawsuit for two years and it appreciated. But beyond that, yeah. have we bought a deal? or any of our friends bought a deal at 50 cents on the dollar that we could literally get all of our money out of the deal when we refinanced? I think Mesa Drive would have been one if we did that one, but we never did. I mean, I think we get a couple of those a year. Most of them are not like that. Right, so look, I want people to understand what the Burr strategy is, but I want people to understand the Burr strategy is not a cash infusion into your business. It's a great, great way to invest in real estate long-term. Yes. It's a great way to get rid of tax liabilities. It's a great way to acquire properties and build your portfolio, but it is not for beginners looking to get started because it takes six months before you even get your first cash flowing check, right? So is that a great way to get started in real estate? No, that's called like investing on the side, right? That's mm -hmm. just investing on the side. That's You might as well buy stocks, okay? So- it's a great strategy, but you have to understand it. You're not, you're going to have money stuck in the deal. You're going to need a 680 credit score plus history. And you're also going to need a W2 income and you're going to need to show tax returns and all of that kind of stuff. You're not going to be like, Hey man, I'm working at McDonald's and I want to get into real estate. That is what wholesaling and creative finance can do for you, right? You can jump into creative finance. You can jump into wholesaling without any cash, without any credentials, and without any credit whatsoever, right? So um, back to Cody's point. When we're sitting there talking about, um, you know, at the end of the year, Cody and I, let's say we make millions of dollars. You told me what my K-1 was going to be, and I was like, wait, what? Like the other day when we were on the phone for an hour and a half, I was like, what? We made that much money? This is amazing. Um that's a problem. It's a problem because let's say that hypothetically, we'll make it very, very simple. Okay. Let's see here. Doritos, the sub two mentorship on Kajabi. Interesting. Oh, Sam Houston. A lot of this, a lot of students are talking about this. Okay. So let's say that we've got a deal or let's actually, let's say this. Let's say that Cody and I both make a million dollars in a year each. Hypothetically, we'll make the math really simple. Okay, if we make a million dollars in real estate, which is incredibly easy to do, how much are we typically going to pay state of Arizona, federal income tax, um, and we're going to pay also self-employment tax? What do you think we're going to pay roundabout percentage? What do you think? I mean, at a million dollars. Should be, some, should be, I'm going to say about 45%. 45, yeah. Okay. Um, when I was talking to some of our other buddies, they're paying close to 50% in their taxes, the ones that are not buying real estate, the ones that are just wholesaling. Okay, so let's say we pay 45% total in taxes. That means the only thing, I made a million dollars, so I could only make 550,000 bucks? That sucks. That completely sucks. You gave away $450,000. You gave it to Uncle Sam who mismanages it. So what are we doing to get rid of that liability, Cody, is two things. One, we make a lot of money from a couple of We make money from three places. The only three places you can actually make money in real estate is you make money from fix and flip. I also call this development because you could make money in building houses or whatever. We make money in fixing and flipping. We make money in wholesale. And we make money in cash flow on existing properties. So let's say you take all three of those incomes together and you make a million dollars on those three incomes together. You got a problem. You got a $450,000 problem. So what do we do in that situation is two things. Okay. One, we stop making money 
on fix and flips. And we do what instead, Cody? We convert those, what would have been fix and flips into rentals. Right. So we have actually a handful of those that you called me about in the last couple of weeks and you asked me what and for what reason? Uh, asked you if you were okay if we didn't make more money in our fix and flips and just con started converting all of, as many of them as we can into rentals that we can so we don't make more money this year. Yeah, that's so that's isn't that interesting. So Cody and I have, I think we're between like 12 and 14 flips in the hopper right now, right? Mm -hmm. And what would you say we're making average on those fix and flips? We're probably making 40 grand each. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some higher, some lower. So that's good. Okay, yeah. so let's say $40,000. So right now, I think you actually sent me this message. We have like $500,000 in profit sitting in our pipeline right now. That's not including properties we'll buy bet between now and the end of the year. Yeah. We have about a half a million dollars in profit coming to us just in the last quarter of 2021. So yep. what you're doing is Cody's like, yo, I don't want to realize this $500,000 profitability. So let's take those houses and instead of fixing and flipping them, let's take a portion of that profit. And instead of fixing and flipping, let's turn those into rentals by doing the burst strategy. So for yep. us, the there's a necessity for us in this situation is we are making way too much money to continually fix and flip this year. We need to convert some of these to burr. Does that sound like a beginner strategy to you guys? Hey guys, I'm making a million plus dollars in real estate. I have a major $450,000 problem. I need to utilize a strategy to get rid of my profitability and buy, buy rentals. That is not a beginner strategy whatsoever. Okay. So, um, this is a sick, we have a six package of home Cody. Are these all fix and flips or are some of these homes that we're refinancing right now, houses that we currently own? It's a mix. We have, uh, Three of them are previous ones that we've owned for a little while. And then three are in the bundle of fix and flips that we have. Mm. So it's look, a little bit of a mix. Look at this one. This is an interesting one. So Rick Watson says, sadly, without a little tax structure, plan on saving $4,500 for Uncle Sam for every $10,000 wholesale assignment deal. That is so true. The only just, way... The only way I know how to get rid of tax liability is through owning real estate. Do you know anything else? I mean, there's not much. There, there are some other things, but not that, not that help you as significantly as buying real estate. I would say there's one other strategy. It's moving to Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> um, so because we have a tax liability, the first thing Cody is doing on our deals is that we are stopping as many fix and flips. So he's, he's looking, Cody's looking at this $500,000, right? And he says, okay, how do we still make some of that, but get rid of some of it? So what Cody's doing is like, all right, so we've got 10 houses bringing in $500,000 in profit. Oops, my bad. $500,000 in profit. What if we take four of those houses and we take the $160,000 we would have made and we don't make that. Instead, what we do is we go and make $340,000 on the other ones, but we go buy four properties for our rental portfolio instead of fixing and flipping and we refinance them utilizing the Burr strategy and these four properties will wipe out the tax liability on that other $340,000 utilizing depreciation. Is this the strategy? Yes, it's exactly the strategy. Pretty much any of the ones that make sense uh, on you know converting to be a rental, we're converting. The properties that we had that we're flipping that are like manufactured homes and you know small condos with high HOAs, those ones we aren't. But any of pretty much any any of them that are actual single family houses, we are. Okay, so you the one thing you you're doing is you've stopped us from fixing and flipping as much. I mean, we're still fixing, but we're not flipping. We're fixing yeah. and re and refinancing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Now the other thing that you're doing is you're going to some of our existing 
rentals, some of our sub two and seller finance deals that we've purchased. Mm -hmm. And you're picking some of those that have enough equity in them now because the market's gone up in the last, let's say 24 months to the point where we probably do have a few houses that we can burr that don't need any more money. We actually might, are we going to be able to pull any money out of those deals or no? Yes, we actually, yes and no. So there's the great story of the yes. And then there's the, what we're doing, which is the answer is no, is uh, for, so for example, Des Moines, one, one of the properties that we have that um, we have, uh, you know, a higher balance than we'd like to be in second position against it. Um, that property isn't go wouldn't be at an, a loan to value ratio of 75% for the refinance. So long story short, some of the equity, some of the uh, cash that we would have gotten back, we're going to apply towards getting that one down to the loan to value rate so we can refinance that one, but then pull $50,000 of private money out of that deal that could then be reinvested. So Okay, so yeah. we're, it's not that we're pulling out our own money. Yep. Our lender won't let us do that. Is that correct? Yeah, no, the lender wants to be in the deal. So we're going to get them in another deal. So we used a private lender to get into the deal in the first place. And as we've been sitting on this deal for over a year, appreciation, you know, thankfully has happened. And so now we're gonna refinance, get that private lender's money out of it. And that amount of money, which was $500 a month in cash flow, that we're gonna add to our bottom line because of refinancing that property. And now we get to use that lender's money in another deal, recycling it into another deal. Love it. Okay. But what, what if we wanted to do a cash out refinance on a burr deal? Can we actually take out equity out of no, that deal? Not, not, not unless we've owned it for six months, you could, they'll refinance a hundred percent of cost. So however much we've spent in renovations, they'll refinance, they'll refinance up to a hundred percent of the cost, but they won't give you cash out until you've owned it for over six months. So, wow. That's the story. Wow. 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 <laughs> wow. 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 That's crazy. All these restrictions. All oh, these yeah. Challenges. No, it's, I mean, even, even with the lender that we have, that's not, you know, we, for everybody wondering, we're using an asset based lender. We're not using a lender that's like with Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. We're not using a, a government backed uh, lender. This is a lender that they lend based off the asset. And so they vet you as the investor yourself of they want to see deals that you've done over the last 24 months and the credit score. And then they look at the deal. So um, someone, Damien, saying there's lenders of the programs that will do cash out refis with only 30 days of seasoning. Send me them. I'd be happy to, uh, you know, if they are asset based and they would do it within 30 days, I would talk to them. Happy to. That so Damien... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call this out a little bit because I'm going to challenge you on this, okay? And this is not a negative thing at all. We have been doing this for years. And every time I have somebody either in my comments, on my YouTube channel, in our live streams or whatever, say, I have a lender that can do things that you guys think are not possible. We always say, send us their information. Let's get them on. Let's, let's get them on the live. Let's get that lender out there in the world. Let's overwhelm him with business. And one of two things happens. One, nobody ever sends the lender because they don't exist. They read about them on a Facebook forum or something along those lines, or they were on bigger pockets, which is an which which is awesome. But somebody's like talking about the mystic Bigfoot. It's like, does it exist? Does it not exist? Well, I read an article about it. I think it exists. Okay, so that's the thing is we keep hearing people say it exists. And then they don't give us the lender, one. Or two, we talk to the lender. And then the lender's like, oh, yeah, that's an old program. We don't do that anymore. Or send me your taxes. Like or send me your taxes. Or send me this. Or how, oh, you have a Filipino attached to your um, business? Yeah. Guys, we have, a biz we have a business partner in the Philippines that um, owns a portion of one of our businesses. And even though it's not even related to our real estate acquisition business, they still look at that as a problem in lending to us. So it's like one thing after another, after another, after another. I would love, I would love for you guys, if you're doing the burst strategy and you have proof that you have a lender that can do what they say they do, 
I would bring them on the live and we would actually challenge them on one of our properties. I mean, we have six houses right now to refinance. That's this month. We'll give him business. Let's give them business. Um, Daniel Kong says, I have a lender that can do Fannie Freddie cash out immediately. Let me know. Eh, I'll happily Fannie send Freddie. Eh, that's the problem. They're going to ask for your taxes. They ain't giving you a loan based on the asset. Yeah. So think about that. If I'm a brand new investor, right? And I don't have tax returns for my real estate business and I'm trying to get a loan in my real estate business, Fannie Freddie is not going to work, right? So let's, let's, that, that's again, going back to the very beginning, that's not a beginner strategy, right? A Fannie Freddie cash out immediately would mean I need a W-2 or a, a job, some job history. I'm unemployed and I'm non-employable. Okay. I do. Daniel Kong says, I'm serious. It's a creative strategy. I, bro, I would love. Okay. I would, Daniel says it's a refi on your own LLC. Daniel, let's get that lender on the live. Okay. Let's give them some business. Okay. Um, so why not put some money in a self-directed IRA? Um, so interesting. Um, I am so against IRAs and self-directed. I am so against all of that stuff. Once you get into actually owning a real estate business, a self-directed IRA is, is like pouring molasses into like churning wheels. It's the slowest, most challenging instrument ever. There are way faster, quicker instruments to deploy money, to save money, to be tax-free. A lot of people use um, IRAs because they're trying to save money on tax or defer taxes. We just use depreciation. We don't need any of that stuff, okay? Um, but these are really, really good. What about delayed financing? Um, delayed financing, I, what would that mean? Would that mean that that's kind of like Coolidge? Not Coolidge, what would that be? Something that we bought subject to two years ago and now we're refinancing it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're specifically trying to reference, but again, anything government, anything where it's going to be uh, on the government side of loans, they're just... Mm -hmm they're going to be asking for your taxes. Like there's just no way around it. I mean, I talked to probably a dozen lenders before he found this particular lender, like any, any lender that's, they're going to be selling, you know, taking and, you know, uh, giving you that financing from the government. Then when they fund that loan, they have that loan on their books that they're going to sell to wall street and wall street. They ain't trying to buy that debt. So these are, these are going to be asset-based lenders that a lot of times are holding their debt on their books. I, I know I'm in the weeds now, so I don't want to lose everybody. Let's talk about weeds. Um, Samuel Aronoff says, what about investing in startups and stocks? Talk about, just here, give me a lighter and I will burn your money right now. Startups are like the freaking worst thing ever to invest in. I mean, yeah, like someone's going to be like, what about Uber? If you invest early in Uber, it's like startups, most companies fail regardless, you know, just in general in the business world, most companies will fail within the first couple of years. And it's like over 90% within 10 years fail. So it's like, I don't think it makes sense. Um, if you're going to invest in business, buy functioning businesses that are already existing and successful, but startups, nah, stocks, we're not the stock guys. So I, I would say no on stocks. I feel like Scott stocks is just gambling and just hoping, hoping for something to go well. You know who's coming to my house for dinner this coming Friday? Who? Andre Zik from YouTube. Do you know Andre? That sounds really familiar. Yeah, he's very popular. He's like 1.7 million in um, YouTube subscribers. Andre Zik. J-I-K-H. Um, and he talks about crypto and stocks and all that kind of stuff. So I'm super excited having a conversation with him. I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to grow wealth and you want to grow reliable wealth, it's not through stocks. It's not through crypto. It's not through any of that stuff. It's through real estate. It's the most timeless proven method of building real wealth and cash flow. Here's what I don't like about crypto. One, it is it gets my emotions going crazy. It's like, it's up, it's down, it's left, it's right, it's whatever. And I feel like it's something I can't touch. I can't feel, I can't smell. Everything is contingent upon somebody else's feelings and manipulation to the utmost extreme, right? Like utmost China. Extreme. China ban China bans Bitcoin every six months so that the price tanks, they buy more and then they bring it back. <laughs> right. So, um, very interesting. 
Uh, Lawrence Swartz says, is it possible to buy a house sub two and rent it out to yourself? Well, why would you rent it to yourself? Every house that Cody and I have bought recently has been on creative finance. Cody, last house Cody lived in, subject to. House I currently live in right now is subject to. House I lived before that, which I still own, subject to. Um, the last several hundred houses we've bought is either sell, seller finance or subject to. And we can choose to live in them, rent them out, Airbnb them, behavior health, um, corporate housing, whatever we want to do with them. They are our houses. We can do what we want with them, right? Um, Sean Bolden says, is Vanilla Ice coming on your show? No, Vanilla Ice and I are going to be on stage together on Wednesday in Tampa. Um, that's what that post was all about. Um, check it out. Sam Houston says, as someone who's got a good stock portfolio, it's not the best strategy at all for building wealth. Here's the challenge I see with crypto and stocks and all these other things. If I want to buy groceries with my stock money, guess what I got to do? I got to be, I got to get out of the market. I got to pull my investment out. I got to sell my investment to go buy groceries. Okay. And that's just, obviously nobody's doing that. But with real estate, I get a check every single month, right? Whether I have an Airbnb or I have a rental, Cody and I, we did, if we decided, hey, let's have a company party every single month, we can have our investment pay for that because we have cash, uh, cash coming in passively every single month. However, our investment is still intact. All you cryptos and stock investors, you have to sell and get rid of your investment in order to buy something. And so that's a strategy I don't love. I know Cody, you are, you're investing in crypto like just incrementally, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just have automatic buys every week, regardless of what's happening. Right. But again, it's like, I, I treat like crypto and stocks and other things outside of real estate as more of like asset allocation and like wealth preservation investing, because if the market tanks, then if I have money in like silver, gold, crypto, some stocks, and if the real estate market goes down and those for some reason hold better, then I still have my net worth doesn't take it just a huge dump. I'm able to have some other assets, but I don't see those as the primary investment vehicle. So um, Claudio Diaz, this is interesting. So um, Jamil Damji and I were given an opportunity to sit down with Grant Cardone this week, but we just couldn't make it happen. We're probably going to do it sometime in January. I'm a humongous fan of Grant Cardone. Humongous. Not only from a marketing standpoint, but his videos on um, haters is are like the greatest videos of all time. They're so 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 good, and they're timely for like what Cody and I go through. Um, so good. So I love Grant Cardone, but I disagree with him. I was actually thinking about this literally yesterday. I was in the pool, and I was talking about how uh, I was just thinking. I was hanging out with my two kids, and just you know, you're sputtering your thoughts. And the thought of what Grant Cardone says of like, don't, in, don't think that the house you live in is an asset. It's actually a liability. I was like, well, it depends, how you, it depends on how you look at it. Is Hayel using the garbage disposal? Sound like it. Love it. Or did she spill a pile of bricks? Something. Um, I don't know what she's doing. So Cody, what's your take on that? Grant Cardone says your house is not an investment. It's a liability. What's your feelings on that? I mean, if we just look at like the basic, like asset versus liability, asset is something that puts money in your pocket. Liability is something that takes money out of your pocket. If you're paying for your house and it's not paying you, it's a liability. But at, I think that that's like not telling the full story because I see Grant Cardone's mindset around it as he's investing in multifamily, big multifamily deals. And it makes more sense at like scale of renting where you live and his mindset of it but for like the the more normal person like a small business owner to a medium-sized business owner i think it makes more sense to own the home because most people's wealth is going to be in their properties that they own over the years of appreciation but again like daniel's saying if the house you live in appreciates and you make money 10 years later then it is an asset but yeah i i completely agree with that dude it's it's a piggy bank right so yeah. let me let me ask you this this question how many investments are people making that they can't use the cash every single month, right? Like a stock. 
right? The stock goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down, it goes, and but we call that an investment. Do I get a check from it every single month? I guess if I buy a stock that gives me dividends, dividends yeah. But what if I don't buy a stock that gives me dividends? Is that not an, a liability if it's going down in value, up in value, down in value, and it's something I can't rely on actually receiving monthly income off of? Yeah, and another thing I would say too on like on Daniel's argument, if it appreciates and you make money ten years later, then it is an asset. Well, what if you bought your house in 1998 and you planned on your house being an asset, and in ten years, in 2008, the financial crisis. Now your house ain't worth shit. And now you're like, crap, my house wasn't an asset because I've been paying for landscaping, property taxes, homeowners insurance, fixing up the inside, doing all the little miscellaneous repairs. And over 10 years, you've been spending money, spending money, spending money. It was going up in value. So it looked like you were getting rich on paper and then the market goes down and then it's not an asset. So yes, we do appreciate appreciation and we are happy when that does happen, but that's not the strategy that we're like hoping for that works out for us. We want cash flow from the real estate. Yeah. I, here's the, here's the answer. I think Grant Cardone is speaking a little bit out of context to the audience, right? His audience is not Grant. And so he's so scaled. It's like taking advice. It's like taking advice from Mike Tyson. When you first start boxing, you don't even have a pair of gloves. Like, dude, you can you got to start small. And like you said, most people's largest investment they'll ever make is in their home. So when you go around and spread a blanket comment, like your house is an, a liability, not an asset. You're, you're literally talking to the 1% of the 1%, right? Yeah. So 99% of people, it's the greatest investment they'll ever make. Even though it's not passive income every single month, it's doing two things. Number one, it's paying down the mortgage, right? So either A, you're paying your landlord's mortgage down or B, you're paying your own mortgage down. So in that by itself is a piggy bank, okay? At some point you will pay that off. The second thing is that over time, your house will appreciate and it will be a great investment. It's just a matter of holding on. Mm -hmm. But Grant Cardone is not talking to individual homeowners when he's saying that. He's talking about the big players, the big boys in the real estate space of like, look, you need to deploy your capital into actual investments that are paying you every single month. Don't deploy your capital into something that you, know, you want to live in some nice house. So you have to um, realize who he's talking to. Yep. So a couple things I wanted, we've got a couple hundred people on here today. Thank you guys. We haven't, we didn't even promote Sunday service today. So, um, or even at all this week, we just have so many things going on. Um, I want to say, um, thank you to everybody. First and foremost, thank you so much. The questions, the comments, the love that you guys give us on Sunday service has been amazing. Couple things coming up. Next week, there will not be Sunday service. Actually, maybe we should do Sunday service. Um, you should maybe come in at 7 o'clock during the 26-hour live, and we should do a Sunday service section of the 26-hour live. Love it. Next Sunday morning, guys, a week, less than a week from today, at 3 a.m. Arizona time, so if you're East Coast, that's 6 a.m., I will be going live for 26 straight hours. Okay. A couple of reasons why. One, because I get the question all the time, how do I get started in real estate? And I have made a decision that my goal was to never, ever have to answer that question ever again. And so we did that with zero to hero. Okay. Zero to hero was the answer of how do I get started in real estate? Um, and the challenge with zero to hero is that it's kind of geared towards people that have a budget to spend on marketing. So we decided to do another zero to hero challenge and we're going to launch it on October 3rd, which would be next Sunday. And that zero to hero challenge is all about people trying to get into real estate that don't have a budget. People that are uh, jokingly, I say this jokingly and endearingly because there was a point where I could call myself this. Um, we're going to call it the broke ass challenge. Just kidding. We won't call it the broke ass challenge, but it's people who are broke asses. People have no money, right? I was one of those people, so I'm not saying it in a negative way. I'm just saying it in a jovial, funny, teasing way. We're going to be launching the um, Zero to Hero Challenge, which is how do I start with zero and how do I get a deal within a couple of weeks 
Um, we're going to start that challenge on October 3rd. The other reason I'm doing it is because I want to go through all the letters of the alphabet. Why is it 26 hours? Well, because I've already done a 25 hour and I guess I have to one up myself. So there's that. The other reason is because there's 26 letters in the alphabet. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach you guys the ABCs of real estate all the way from the very, very, very beginning. We're going to go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way through. And the first letter is the topic that we're going to talk about. Okay. And you're, it's basically a breakdown of everything you need to know to get started in real estate. It will be the ABCs of real estate. We're going to bring in some special guests. We're going to be bringing some attorneys, some escrow officers. We're going to be bringing in some fun people just to give you guys the basic rundown of everything you need to know about getting started in real estate. So that's next Sunday. Um, you guys can set a reminder I'm going to be giving away prizes every hour. So like t-shirts, hats, all that kind of stuff for people that are on the live session. And um, I will also let anybody that can prove, which I, I don't know if anybody could ever prove this, but if anybody else could watch me for 26 hours straight and prove that they were there for 26 hours straight, we'll, I'll give you something epic, like life-changingly cool. Okay. <laughs> So uh, we're going to be doing the 26-hour live next Sunday. A um, couple of other things. The premiere of Triple Digit Flip is next Saturday, which is cool. Can I tell everybody something special? Yes. We got, approved, we got already greenlit for sec uh, the second season of the TV show, which is a massive, massive deal in TV world. Massive. Um, you know, it's really hard to get a pilot done and then it's really hard to get greenlit for a show. It's really hard to actually get aired. It's really hard to get on like an A&E network and then it's impossible, nearly impossible to get a second season. So um, very cool. And um, so all of that being said, that's Saturday. We're going to do a premiere on Saturday, which is amazing. Cody's going to be wearing his tux and pulling up in his Porsche. going to be super dope. Am I supposed to be dressed up for that? I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then um, Sunday, we're going to do the 26 hour live. I'll probably have Cody jump in um, at seven o'clock for Sunday service. So instead of Sunday service being Sunday service, it will be the 26 hour live. So guys, please still tune in at seven o'clock. I'll have Cody in there. We'll talk about stuff. Um, and then I really want to see the community because we're going into the last quarter of the year the last quarter of the year. And I want to know who in here, who in here has not gotten a deal this year? Give me a, give me a no or zero or something along those lines to show us that you have not done a deal this year. I want to see that in the comments. We want to see how many people have not done a deal, whether it's a wholesale, buying a rental, doing a fix and flip, whatever it is, who in here has not done a deal? So Carolyn, Sean Bolden, Harp, Jonathan Newsom says, who gives as much value as these guys? I'll wait. Nobody. Ha -ha. Um, Ali Zet says zero. A lot of zeros in here, guys. So we, this is why we want to do the challenge, okay? The zero to hero challenge is all about people that don't have a budget. They don't have a lot of money to spend. They can't afford a virtual assistant. They can't afford a list. They can't afford those types of things. And so we're going to do a challenge all around getting a deal with $0. My partner, Matt Beard, Cody Barton, and myself are going to structure a really cool, fun way to keep everybody accountable. And we're going to do a daily live for the zero to hero, okay? So what I want you guys to do is stay tuned this week. We're going to start sprinkling on Instagram, like how to sign up for it. Cause we're going to make it a private group. Okay. The group is going to be very private. We're not going to make it out on YouTube because again, we're going to be calling sellers. We're going to be, um, actually negotiating with people and we don't want their name out on YouTube on, in live sessions. Okay. Steve, this is even better. I, I, this is what I love. Steve says, I didn't even get started yet. I, I mean, I can't even say zero because, shoot, I haven't even started, man. So what we're going to be doing is we're doing the challenge for you guys. We're doing a challenge together that you guys can follow two hours a day. That's all we're going to do is two hours worth of work every single day. And we're going to show you how to get your first deal in a very short matter of time. 
there is no reason by the end of the year you can't get your first deal in the last quarter of the year. Ooh, Chad Glover, crushing the creative finance game, by the way. Uh, Chad Glover, hey, Cody, go to your um, mic settings real quick on um, StreamYard and switch it to your mic, not to your computer. Dang, did I really not have it to my mic? It's been on your laptop the whole time. Gosh, wow. I'm so smart. Oh, wow. Now that sounds so good. It's ridiculous. So at least we have the last, you know, four minutes of uh, of this with good audio for me. Yeah, and, I, and just FYI, Ew. the audio, you wouldn't have heard Hiel turning the garbage disposal on with that microphone. All right, so check it out. Daisy, Nicole, I'm so thankful to be here today. So guys, can, can everybody do us a favor? Here's what I want you guys to do. I'm gonna show you guys something real quick and I want you guys to all do this for me, okay? So if you go to youtube.com, I'm gonna show you guys a screen share of this. Ace Morby. Okay, um, let's do a little screen share of this window, boom. So if you go here, what you're going to see is you're going to see right here is a 26 hour live stream. Okay. Yes. It's already set and ready to go. I've had, wow. I'm surprised nobody's disliked it. There's always somebody that dislikes these things. Someone's like, this sucks. Freaking Screw 26 you. hours should have done 48 hours. What are you a sissy? Yeah. <laughs> Right. All right. So what I want you guys to do is go to that YouTube link. Please go there and um, click on um, set a reminder right here. Please do me a favor. Click on set a reminder so that you guys can tune in at least once during that day. I don't expect you to be there for 26 hours, um, but it would be really, really nice if you guys could just tune in, say hello. And uh, we're going to be going through the ABCs of real estate and uh, get you guys started. We're going to also talk about the challenge, the zero to hero challenge on that. And what are the particulars, how to tune in, all of that kind of stuff. It's not going to cost any money. You just want to give massive value to people. And we want to create a community around a challenge so that everybody in their fourth quarter of the year can get out and get a deal. That's the reason why we do these free lives and these free um, live streams for you guys. Um, Manny, freaking man, he's awesome. Alejandro Alvarez says, I'll be there for the whole 26. Actually, Alejandro, I think you're going to be in Phoenix for the premiere. So you probably will be. Maybe you can stop by the studio and say hi and actually be on the live. Um, Cody Wait. is not only human. He's going to have six kids. Bro, is there something happening. I don't know? That is not going to happen. That was someone. Someone said that on a previous live and it's it's lingering now. What was that all about? Just talking, I don't, I don't even know, honestly. I don't know how that got brought up. But anyways, changing, changing the subject. How are you going to get up at three after your huge premiere party? Well, one, guys, Pace doesn't drink. Pace doesn't party. Party for Pace is going to be like, you know, three iced teas deep after drinking an orange monster. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, that is true. Um, the other thing is Cody and I, so on uh, Saturday, just so you know, Cody, right after the premiere, you and I are teaching Jamil's mastermind. You know that, right? Yes. Yes. I did know that. And then I think that there's going to be a sub two, an astro and a TTP um, meetup. I wonder if we could get the zero to hero people as well. We could do a four way meetup in Arizona. Um, Tr Tristan Trenberth is um, doing the collab on that. And we could do a four way meetup between those four communities. All, on, all in Arizona. I think what Tristan's hoping to do is actually extend the place that we're renting and just have a big meetup there and just like the biggest real estate meetup of the year type of thing, you know? Let's do it. Let's see. So Rodney says, so what you're saying is that after this 26-hour live, I'll have the knowledge and resources to make a deal happen? Yes, Rodney, you will. I, yes. <laughs> Um, you know, it's interesting. Jonathan Newsom says, Pace, when's the next mastermind, bro? It's already sold out. Um, so, but we're potentially pushing it to January because of how much stuff is going on. Um, we didn't know that we were going to get the second season of the TV show 
Um, and they want to highlight a lot more of mine and Cody's real estate business on the TV show. So there is going to be a lot more pressure on our real estate business, which is, you know, the foundation of everything else. And so there's a possibility that we push the mastermind all the way to the beginning of the year, just FYI. So, um, we'll let you know how that goes. Um, Rita says, would that be a replay? So the 26th hour live, here's what I'm doing. The 26 hour live is now going to live and breathe on the YouTube channel indefinitely. Okay. We're going to make one live stream and it's going to be a permanent live stream on my YouTube channel so that anytime somebody brand new comes and they go, how do I get started in real estate? I'm going to say, go watch the live stream on my YouTube channel. We'll literally walk you through the ABCs of real estate. If you have a question after that, then you need to squat up with somebody, but we're going to talk about the ABCs of real estate basic, basic, basic stuff for 26 straight, straight hours. And I'm going to do it chronologically and in sequential order. I'm not going to be like, okay, title and escrow. And we're going to do it on like the first hour. That ain't going to happen. Like literally title and escrow is letter T. We're not even going to talk about title and escrow until we get to letter T. Okay. So, um, oh, Samuel says, will your TV show be recorded somewhere? Well, Samuel, it's on A&E. So if you go to... Uh, I wonder if it's even on like their website. Cody, you got anything to say while I look this up? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to make the promotion that I make every, <laughs> every week. For those of you that don't know, Sunday service is on Spotify and iTunes. So while you're driving to work or you're driving from home to work, work to home, you can listen to Sunday service on there. Um, so just wanted to let everybody know that, you know, watches this, you know, live on YouTube that you can listen to past episodes, uh, throughout your work week. So. All right. So Let's check this see. out. Here's, here's where you guys can find the TV show. This is kind of weird to even think about, but here I am sharing A&E's television schedule with you guys right there, guys. It's right here on the screen. Um, bada bing, bada boom, October 2nd. Um, what time? Triple digit flip animal house versus Madison house. The animal house versus Madison. House. <laughs> Jamil and team have a decision to make two houses, but they can only flip one. Jamil pace Raheem and Laura dive in face with a tight timeline and some unexpected hurls. Will the dream team end up with a nightmare of a flip? <sighs> wow. That's so freaking dope. Season one, episode one. It's on A&E, guys. So if you want to watch it, you got to just go to A&E's television show or their channel. There you go. It's right here in the side shot. Um, let's see. Pricks Money Family. Oh. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> um, Mark says, do I know how it ends? Yes, we. I, I do actually know how that one ends. Actually, I don't know. I've never seen the episodes. I don't know what they look like. So it's going to be really interesting for us. Uh, we'll be, Cody and I will be watching it live in a big, massive theater that we've rented out for like 450 people to come and hang out. Um, last week, we gave away 25 spots to that premiere to the audience here. So we'll see the 25 of you guys that um, ended up being able to come. Um, Ooh, interesting. Harp Marbury says, I couldn't make it Uncle Lonza free lead zoom. Is it recorded someplace where I can see it? Yes. Everything that is in the private mentorship of sub2.com is always recorded. It is always shared. You will be able to get access to it in the Kajabi app. And um, you can go and, and watch that out. Um, all right. So guys, good Sunday service. Um, next Sunday, we will not be doing Sunday service the typical way. We'll be doing Sunday service during a 26-hour live. I'll have Cody jump in for probably a couple of hours with me. Maybe we'll, he'll have him start at six, have him get out at eight. Let's do it. Uh, have him hang out for a couple of hours right before I go into the late night session and uh, the last 10 hours or so of uh, the live, whatever it is. Let's see why well, I got to go. After you get off, I have to go another um, nine hours. But like by the time nine. you get to by the time you get to 17 hours, by the time you get off, it'll be a breeze. Like I'll be I'll be like, dude, this is easy. You right? like hit your second wind. I'll get my second wind. You you will revitalize me, bro. You will revitalize <laughs> me. It'll be great. Um, so guys, it. thank you so much for tuning into Sunday service. If you have not tuned into Cody's um YouTube, let's give you Cody's YouTube. 
Shout out. Shout out. We just got a new editor, which is dope. Yes. And this editor is going to be helping out Cody um, keep, get more of his videos out more timely because he's got some of the best content in the game. Interesting. Cody Barton. Let me give you guys his link. Guys, go give Cody a subscribe, please, on his YouTube channel. That would be amazing. There it is on the screen. And, guys, we will see you next week, not for Sunday service. There will be no Sunday service next week. There will only be a 26-hour live. I hope to see you guys there. Every hour, I will be giving away swag or gifts or something fun just to keep the day fun. Um, and we will see you guys next week on not Sunday service. Later, guys. Oh, oh, oh.